Hey, what's going on? Greetings and good day, and welcome to the 142nd edition of Birds All Day. My name is Drew Fairservice, and as we promised, when the Witcher meetings came, when something noteworthy happened, we were going to be there. That's what that's that's the that's the brand promise, the Birds All Day brand promise. We're there when the news breaks about your Toronto Blue Jays, which is to say, I don't know why we're even bothering with this episode, episode number 142, here at the end of the Witcher Beatties, because nothing happened. Not to your Blue Jays, anyway. Uh, but we'll uh, soldier on regardless, because while nothing happened, not nothing was discussed. So if there's one thing better than talking about transactions and, and what it's going to mean for your team, it's talking about potential transactions and uh and joining me as as always uh to do just that old reliable old reliable mr andrew stoughton stoughton how are you i'm doing all right stoughton of course you know from uh from blue jays nation his home his home going on uh is it two years now you've been at yeah blue jays nation yeah two years of blue jays nation of course you can also read him at uh, the athletic and vice and uh and countless Countless other places, but it all ends up on Blue Jays Nation, which is your home. So, uh, so how are you? I'm still good. I was good a couple seconds ago, and I'm I'm still good. Uh, a little bored. I'm just sort of plugged into Twitter. I mean, I guess I'm like that all the time. I'm plugged into Twitter, waiting to see if the Blue Jays are going to make a move or the, if they're going to do anything. Um, I assume they will at some point. But uh, yeah, the winter meetings were a little uneventful. I think it was it uh, Mark Feinsand tweeted out the official. Uh, winter meetings transaction list and there was like nine things on it uh, which uh, I don't think is typical but obviously everything sort of got off to a slow start this year and and it was really only going into the meetings that Otani and Stanton were uh, were sorted out uh, both probably in about as bad a way as possible for the Blue Jays and uh, and so teams have sort of been figuring it out from there I mean that sort of shifted the landscape uh, They'll tell you that the, it didn't, you know, change their outlook on 2018. Didn't change much about what they want to do, what their goals are. Uh, but we shall see, because, because the Blue Jays are in, you know, like many teams, not quite as good a spot, perhaps, as they were uh, heading into the winter meetings, uh, or at least before Otani and, and Stanton went to the, you know, what is it, the the what was the fourth and fifth best teams or what were the fourth and fifth best teams in the American league? I would think they, they went to those two players went to two teams in the same tier of American league quality that the blue Jays resided, you know, f- frankly, I mean, the Yankees were uh, one game away from the world series. They had a three, they all they had to do was win one game of their, of two and they were there. Um, but they didn't, of course they lost and the Astros won and then won the world series. Uh, but, uh, yeah, though that, that did not go well for the blues, but I think we'll, why don't we, we'll put that aside just for now. Sure. Maybe we'll come back to that. Uh, we do do a, an extra segment called super bad, which is our Patreon exclusive content where we'll do a little segment. Sometimes it grows into much more than a little segment, but we'll talk about, uh, talk about that. So I, I'm not sure this is, we haven't yet recorded that. So we'll see where that goes. But, uh, if you want to join, uh, or if you are a Patreon subscriber, as we talked about last last week on Superbad, um, uh, you know, 
Patreon has made some changes, but we're sort of uh, staying abreast of those changes. And if you, there's no, no need to be bashful. You well, can still jump in. And well, uh, sorry, well, what no. were you going to say? Well, no, they they reneged the changes. They're not making the changes. Oh, they did. Yes, they oh. did. Yeah. Well, there you go. I, I hadn't heard that yet. Yeah, okay. No, they did. It was uh, what they were going to do. They were like, we want to pay creators more. So they had changed their fee structure so that uh, additional fees were going to be charged to the people who support podcasts and support, you know, video creators and whoever else is on Patreon. And it was, it was, you know, by their math, going to be better for, uh, for folks like Drew and I, uh, but especially people who were uh, only, only contributing, you know, smaller amounts. Like if you, if you contributed a dollar, you would end up, you would end up paying a dollar thirty six every time it came off your credit card. Which you know it's it's a dollar thirty six whatever, but no, that, that's that's not what you wanted to pay, and that was kind of a, a bullshit thing of uh, of the folks at Patreon, and there was a lot of backlash about it. We talked a lot about it on on Superbad this week, and uh, either Thursday or Wednesday of this of this week, uh, Patreon came out and said, "Okay, we've heard what you're saying. We're not going to do that." So now, as always, if you Want to shoot us a buck every month? If you want to shoot us two bucks every month, that's all that it is. That's your commitment. Of course, it is in U.S. dollars. That is how Patreon works in an American company. But there's going to be no hidden fees on top of it, which is what they were attempting to charge in order to pay us more. And we're, you know, folks like not just Drew and I, pretty much everybody who uses the service was like, holy shit, these people are so generous as to just for no reason, but they want our content and they like what we do. Give us money. Uh, shoot us a couple bucks. Why are you making them pay the difference to pay us more? We would rather get paid less and have our supporters pay exactly what they intend to pay. And uh, fortunately, that's been heard. Well, there you go. Uh, pardon me for not staying abreast of that. Uh, so that's great. That's great news. So if you want to join them, of course, you can go to patreon.com slash birds all day. And uh, you could find uh, if, if you if you feel uh, compelled to 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 support us and to get that extra segment to find out that extra to hear those extra stuff that we that we talk about uh plus you know other things from time to time prop up a uh, pop up uh you mean like our tv reviews our tv reviews i was thinking about we I was, there was a good chance we were going to talk about die hard this week as well Sweet. i just uh, i just ran through die hard so um we could always do that but uh, and then of course everyone else you can you could subscribe or anyone can subscribe uh, on uh, through iTunes or through SoundCloud or, or the, we, at SoundCloud we have an RSS feed that you could take and put it wherever you need it to go mm-hmm. if you want to get your podcast if you want to listen to it let us know by the way if you're one of those people who listens to it at like a above average speed or the uh, faster than the speed at which it is recorded because uh, to me I'm interested that people do that that listen to podcasts just all, like all day long so they're listening to more they listen to them more quickly so they can get more in which uh if you do that let me know because you know i i feel that would legitimately make me go crazy like i would just i would start hearing voices or something like i I don't think i could listen to things on there's the only thing i'll listen to on faster speed than it deserves to be is uh what's the first what's the big song on neil young's trans record uh (laughs) It's great. At, it's great at forty-five, even though it's on the thirty-three. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I forget the name of it. The big, the big song on trans. You'll remember it. You'll, you'll know what I'm talking about. Oh, the opposite is Jolene. If you take Jolene and slow yes. it down, it sounds like a Will Oldham song. 
Um, and it's <laughs> yes. uh, the, the original recording of Jolene, and it sounds amazing. It's terrific. Um, but anyway, enough of that. On to the other nothing that we're talking about, the Blue Jays. They didn't sign anybody. They didn't trade anybody. Um, uh, they didn't lose anybody in the Rule 5 draft. The, the pathetic uh, consolation, miscongeniality fucking prize of, of the, the rule of fire, or of the winter meetings that we were all kind of like, okay, well, maybe we'll get something out of this. Uh, didn't even get that. Which they is, passed. Which is fine. They passed on their turn. They passed on adding trash to their roster. They, they, Blue Jays fans didn't get nothing out of that. Blue Jays fans got delicious schadenfreude when... The Texas Rangers lost Anthony Ghost. So there's like two old friends yeah. <laughs> in the mix there. So yeah. I, don't, if, I don't know if, if a lot of folks, uh, I'm sure a lot of people, everyone remembers Anthony Ghost, who the Jays uh, acquired many moons ago. He was uh, kind of, uh, after, the, after the, the Roy Halladay trade, the, the Jays um, he was the, ended up with it. <laughs> he was the guy they, was, they pretended they really wanted after they figured out that Brett Wallace was clearly not going to work. So they ended up with uh, with Anthony Ghost, and then of course Ghost became Devin Travis, which is great, you know, most of the time when Devin Travis plays. Um, uh, but Ghost has now fashioned himself as a pitcher. Uh, we all remember Anthony Ghost had a great throwing arm and was a strong defensive center fielder um, who couldn't hit and had a, uh, I believe the word is terrible attitude. He did not like talking to the press that much as everyone knows that. That was like the big joke when he signed in Texas. So Texas had this big plan to kind of turn him into a two-way player. What's all the, a, it's little, all the reefer him and Colby were smoking. That's, that's, uh, well, you know, that does sour that, the mood. I don't gives, know. <laughs> it gives you a little anxiety talking to the press, I'm sure. Yeah, yeah. Um, but the Rangers had big, big plans. He's going to pitch. Maybe it'll be a pinch runner. Maybe they could throw him out in center field. A valuable piece of you know a flexible piece once he learned how to pitch we're living in a two-way uh, world we're living in a two-way <laughs> world you got to get everything you can out of yeah. every roster spot except that the rangers uh they got they tried to sneak him through the rule five and it didn't work the astros the troll kings themselves plucked we, anthony ghost away from, right? yeah. did but he come from there from the yeah they, tra- they, Before? they traded they traded wallace for ghost uh ghost came to the astros in I want to say Brad Lidge went to the Phillies, and uh, no, 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 no Roy, Ghost o- was... Roy Oswalt. Roy Oswalt went to the Phillies. Ghost went the other way, and the Jays. I mean, maybe he was, was he ever an Astro? Yeah, maybe. It no, was... Ghost was what Ghost was for. Um, wasn't he in the Brett Wallace trade with St. Louis? Am I am I making no. things up? St. Louis traded Brett Wallace to Oakland at some point. Well, now I have to know. Or was it the other? Yeah, maybe, yeah. How the hell did that work? I think that Oswalt went from Houston to Philadelphia. No, you... Ghost went the other way, and the Jays were like, finally, this is the guy we wanted to get out of Philadelphia when we made the Halliday right. trade. So they traded You're Brett right. Wallace to Houston for Anthony Ghost. He went from Philadelphia with Jay Happ and Jonathan Villar to Houston for Roy Oswalt, came to the Jays for Brett Wallace, because that was when Houston was terrible, like losing 100 <laughs> yes, games a year. Yes. When Brett, Brett Wallace got the, the bulk of his playing time. And then uh, he went to Detroit for Devin Travis. Yeah. Brett, um, but Brett anyway. Wallace. Like, it's, I mean, it's hard to keep track of those trades because just organizations got, were getting rid of him so fast at that point. Mm-hmm. What was it? So Cardinals to, he, o- to Oakland to 
to, to he was in the Matt Holiday trade. Oh, the Jays. No, he in the Holiday in the Holiday trade. He yeah. He Holiday, was, Holiday. Yes, no, but in the Holiday trade, wasn't he flipped from from Michael Taylor? Michael Taylor went to Oakland for Brett Wallace as a side yes, deal. Af- in the right holiday, after after the holiday. right after the after he he went to Oakland in the Holiday trade, and then in the aftermath of the Holiday trade, he came to the Jays in the for Michael Taylor. Yeah, those are. Jesus, it's like we're it's like we're smoking the reefer, <laughs> uh, riffing on Holiday versus Holiday. Also, Brett Wallace out of baseball completely. Did not play at all last year. Yeah, not uh, surprising. He's got those big thighs, thick. Hey man, he he had forty home runs uh, in his in a in his big league career. Played in nearly five hundred games, um, below average. <laughs> Perfect guy career, for a but, team that wants to lose one hundred and twenty five games. Yeah. Uh. But hey, forty home runs—you can't sneeze at that. I, uh, that's not as many home runs as Travis Snyder has hit so far in his career. Um, <laughs> so so far, so far, you're keeping the door open. That flame, keeping the door that, open. That flame is still alight. <laughs> is this burning? Uh, this is where we are, by the way. That we're now talking about, like the Brett Wallace and, and Travis Snyder. Here in the middle of the hot stove season, because the Blue Jays did literally nothing else. Uh, we talked about Aledmi's Diaz, I guess, last time we, you, we did one of these. Um, but there is hope, because Ross Atkins said that they think that they're close on something. He didn't hey, say hey, what. There you go. He seems to really want to bulk up the middle infield, get some more middle infield depth. Wouldn't, wouldn't you? Wouldn't you? Were your, <laughs> your job tied to Troy Tulowitzki and Devin Travis circa 2017 or 18 almost? I would. Um, yeah, I mean, I don't know what that means. They're not getting Ian Kinsler. That's for sure. That was a rumor. That was a nice little story that was kicking around. I feel Maybe that's the okay. Jason Kip, this thing still lives. No, they're Why? gonna they're gonna they're, they're gonna get Starlin Castro and Christian Yelich once they trade Donaldson to the Cardinals for that bounty of prospects that will allow them to feel comfortable enough to move Bo Bichette to Miami for Yelich plus whatever else needs to be done. You're jumping ahead now. You just skipped all the way over poor CC Sabathia. Oh, okay. this is like the through. You've gone through the salad course, past the soup, as CC right? himself might have done. CC Sabathia is is thick again, and that's why he's good. If you're a big dude and you're a pitcher, you got to stay that way. Don't try to get skinny. Don't try to be healthy. You need to lean in to the thickness, and uh, and then poof, you're good again. Bless. CC Sabathia. I mean, that's something that it, it seems to have been taken seriously. The Jays' pursuit of CC Sabathia. It's totally understandable. It's a in a in a way, it's an ideal fit. It would probably only be a one year commitment. Uh, he maybe two. Has, uh, maybe two. He, he, maybe I'd do two. two. Okay. I do two. I don't know. Why not? You can because, still trade him <laughs> because he's bad. He's actually not, he has he was not bad. He's made you know looking at the numbers because I had you know in my mind in my in my galaxy brain, I, I have I had a similar <laughs> reaction to many of the Jays fans, which is just like, really, that fucking guy? I mean, uh, it, it feels it, it feels like that's not a great idea. But uh, but no, I think he's made like between twenty nine and thirty one starts each of the last three years, and the the ERA has been okay. He's pitching in the AL East, and to to segue beautifully, as I so rarely do. Uh, John Lott wrote a great piece for The Athletic that came out tonight on uh, Thursday night uh, about 
sort of reading into hints uh, in the comments of Ross Atkins, which of course was all we could do all week at the Witcher meetings. And uh, Atkins talked about, you know, Sabathia's leadership abilities and his, you know, big game abilities and the fact that he's been through everything, that he's, you know, there was a lot of admiration uh, Lot wrote and I think other people wrote about, you know, the way that Atkins spoke about Sabathia that didn't come across uh, when he was, you know, oh, Jay Bruce, Gonzalez, those guys are fits. And then when you ask, you ask him about Sabathia, who he, you know, he knows and was a Cleveland guy and, and there's mm-hmm. that aspect of it too. But Lot's piece was sort of about how Sabathia might fit in the locker room with, say, Marcus Stroman, with, say, Aaron Sanchez, with a, a pitching staff uh, that, you know, yes, Hap and, and, and Estrada are there. But those are guys, as Lot says, I'm not in the room, but as Lot, he says, eh, they're quieter guys that keep to themselves. Maybe having a guy like CeCe Sabathia in Marcus Stroman's ear, in Aaron Sanchez's ear would be good. Maybe having those guys, you know, see a guy who's made all the money. Like, is there is there a pitcher, that, is there a pitcher a who's made more money than CeCe Sabathia? They are, they're, you know, Kershaw, Grinky, they're, they're, they are few and far between. And uh, mm-hmm. and a guy who could help your team legitimately too. So uh, maybe there really is genuine interest there. I think nobody really thinks that the Blue Jays are serious about it. But I don't know. I think it would make it would be a smart play for the Jays. I think that Sabathia were the you know the the shitty thing is is that Sabathia will become available to the Jays and will you know be moved off of by the Yankees if they get like Jared Cole or something like that, right? And at mm-hmm. which point you know. Loading up on here and now talent becomes even more pointless for the Jays, which is bullshit. Fuck the Yankees. This is dumb. But uh, but yeah, I mean, even even if it's a season that's going sideways or that you know you're just sort of rolling the dice and, and you're going to see where you're going to go. I uh, if that if that's where uh, the front office is at, if that's what they're sort of thinking about it, I don't know that I could see merit to wanting to have that guy around here. Your younger players. I mean, that's something that uh, I think, you know, if you've listened to Atkins and Shapiro talk about how they want to build a team and how, you know, they view a roster in terms of balance. It's not just balance in terms of, uh, you know, versatility and infield, outfield, pitching, defense, hitting. It's, you know, veterans and young players and having guys having a culture. And I think that they they seem to believe that that's a guy who would contribute well to their culture. I think that's probably what they thought about Kendrys Morales as well, which I, you know, I can't speak to the cultural stuff, but it would be nice if he hit a little more last year. But, mm-hmm. uh, but yeah, I don't know. I think that they're, that that is uh, entering into their decision-making process for sure. There's not a lot of downside really. Like other than, okay, he shows up and he finally, after a straw long and illustrious, and as you said, very, very well-paid career, he suddenly breaks or sucks. Um, but whatever. Like, then you, you go know, to, then you go you to s- Joe Biagini. That's fine, right? Yeah. Yeah, but I mean, even then, uh, if he's still around the team and, like, again, imparting that wisdom um, to the generations or to those individuals, the team feels might need that wisdom imparted upon them, uh, sure. Uh, you know, if as everyone gets crazy young and the Yankees uh, are looking like they could be one of the youngest teams in baseball, Giancarlo Stanton has a potential to be the the young, the second youngest, or even the youngest if they make a move. <laughs> if they move Gardner, then Stanton will be like the oldest player on the team. <laughs> Jesus Christ! Well, uh, wait, they have Ellsbury. They have Ellsbury. 
He's not playing. He's <laughs> he not doesn't good. count. He doesn't. He, well, he he counts in that he'll be on the tee, but he won't be like in the tee. He'll be on. <laughs> he'll he'll get be that, their fifth outfielder. He'll get that Kareem Abdul-Jabbar rocking chair that just he gets to sit there and wait for the playoffs. Like, I don't pretty know much. He remembers basketball in 1989, but I think that's a thing that happened. But uh, but yeah, the Jays are going to go the opposite direction. They're going to be the old team. That's all <laughs> old dad strength all day, all night. Uh, okay, well, let's talk about this then. Before we sure. get to the other stuff, the Cardinal stuff, uh, we have to start with uh, Jacques Stanton plays for the Yankees now. Yeah, that's fun, isn't it? It is fun. Uh, it to me. If you know me, if you're listening to this and you've followed me on Twitter, for example, over the past I don't know four. Or five or six years. I've been on Twitter for a frightening amount of time at this point. But uh, you would probably note, or if you you search my tweets, you don't have to follow me. You could just go and look at the two non-Blue Jays that I've tweeted about the absolute most. Mm -hmm. We'll say the the three. There's three of them. Number one would be Mike Trout. Number two would be Jean-Claude Stanton. Number three would be Chris Sale. Two of those players related to either the Red Sox or the Yankees in the past fucking year. Which, let me tell you, it's not great. It's not great to have two of like your favorite or the players that you upon whom you fixate trade to the Red Sox and then the Yankees. It sucks. Um, there's a great story about a few people have written about it. Jeff uh, Jeff Passon wrote about it for Yahoo about how Stanton, when he signed his big deal with the with the Marlins, he went in with his eyes wide open and he was like, "Yep, I wanted to do this. We'll sign this 13 year deal. You give me all this money, but I'm getting a full no trade." And I'm getting an opt-out. Like, he had all his pieces were in place, right? Such mm-hmm. that when this situation arose, he was able to kind of control how things were going to go. We called Jeter and the front office's bluff. And lo and behold, he ended up in a situation that he wanted to be in. He, again, this is a guy who decided that the Cardinals were too far away from contending, that he didn't want to be in that situation. I'll, I'll, you know, well, there's probably more to it than that. They could have been more too close to the giant dumpster fire that is St. Louis also. Well, there's that. Uh, <laughs> Shout out to Brian Lidgren. <laughs> our boy, Brian, the, one of the nicest guys in the world, patient with our abuse and an honorary Blue Jays fan, honorary Canadian, basically. Um, but so now the Yankees are, have a monster. And Stanton, of course, is saying all the right things. And the Yankees said that they reached out to Aaron Judge ahead of time. Like, that fucking matters. Um, but now they've got Judge. They've got Stanton. They've got Gary Sanchez. They've got Greg Bird. Bird looks so good at the end of the year, for fuck's sakes. Fuck. God damn. And they've got Didi, who I love. And they've got the Gleber Torres, who they got from the Cubs in the around the Chapman trade um, on his way up. Um, well, he's going to get flipped for fucking Machado. That's another fucking thing. That's scary to think uh. about. I, I, I. I I'm not ready to think about Manny Machado playing for the Yankees until next year when he signs with the Yankees. Mm-hmm. Um, because obviously the big news right now is Peter Angelos, the owner of the Orioles, is so determined. He's bound and determined. If they trade Machado, he cannot end up as a Yankee. Uh, but he wants to play short, right? Machado wants to play short. He's smart going into his free agency mm-hmm. uh, year. And going into his walk year, he's, he wants to play shortstop. Um, and I hope the Orioles would be smart enough to give him an opportunity, but the Orioles also have to do what's right, and their team is such bullshit that they have to look at trading their all-star third baseman going into a season where the odds are stacked significantly against them. Uh, the Orioles, but, who were ahead of the Blue Jays until the very last day of the season. 
hey, fifth place flags fly forever, you know, uh, never in mind. Uh, but yeah, I don't know. The Yankees are, it's frightening. I mean, they, they, the Yankees still have significant uh, question marks in the rotation. I mean, who, who is in their rotation? They got Severino, they got Tanakh. And then what? Sonny Gray. Oh, fuck. <laughs> <laughs> it's stupid. Yeah, yeah. And then they're and then they're still looking. Their bullpen is just like one insane strikeout maniac after another. And they've got. I mean, they're trying to. They're trying to get under the luxury tax. Like they are. And they, and they, yet they added Jarrell Stanton and then <laughs> traded Chase Hadley. They, they, it was like a cash <sighs> neutral move. It's yeah. Well, you know, I, I was going to say something about the league and Rob Manfred and and how ridiculous that is, but I don't know they. Perhaps they don't care as much as we do about uh, the biggest team in the biggest market getting some sort of advantage from all of this. Uh, but really, I mean, could you get people who are willing to run the fucking team when you're going to approve them as owners? Is that so much or to people ask? Who, I think maybe it's people who can afford to buy the team. Yeah. So that they don't have to. It's been said a few times in the in the in the days since since this all began, which is for a team that's looking to rebuild, the Marlins sure have a lot of good fucking players. Because the Marlins are well, they traded Ozuna, they've traded Stanton. People they're looking to trade maybe JT Realmuto. They traded uh, D Gordon, who's a, you know obviously a useful player, and they still haven't traded Yelich. There's a lot of talent there. Was yeah right. They they there was and they, and I mean and they played a division with the fucking the Braves and the Mets. And <laughs> and I I caught some flack for this um, and rightfully so because it was maybe it was a little bit ghoulish but you can't understate the impact of Jose Fernandez's untimely death had on a million things his family first and foremost all the people in their lives all the people whose whose life he touched. Obviously, comes before the baseball stuff, but I, you get a sense that 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 Jeffrey Loria maybe lost a little bit of a taste for the game, right? For the for the the ownership thing in the aftermath of that, he was happy to cash out. That's a humongous player. That again, maybe they as Stanton has said in a few times they thought they were close, right? They only needed a bit, they thought they needed a bit of starting pitching, and they could have been a contending team, um, but the. Guys that bought it don't have the money to buy it, and they need to make those interest payments, and they need to cut down the salary to do so. So that's what they're doing now. They're taking incredibly good one guy who's paid at the market at market level, Stanton, and they moved him for nothing, for like literally nothing. nothing yeah. They have a player future Blue Jays, Starlin Castro. Future, oh, well, they got the future Blue Jays, Starlin <laughs> Castro. They traded a player who was who was still with two years of, of arb years left, uh, uh, whose service time they manipulated. And they moved him for not nothing, but nah. basically they traded two very, very, very good players and did not get a single with tons of control and didn't get a single top 100 prospect left. Yeah, they're not going to be able to afford to do that with Yelich, but we'll see. Well, you'd think they wouldn't be able to afford to do that with fucking Ozuna either, but and yet here we are. Well, and they come around and they're saying that the asking price for Ozuna or what they told the Jays was was or what we've heard was it was it Steve Heyman Phil- that said this? No, it was Steve fucking oh. Phillips. So it, so yeah, you you think someone who knows and matters is feeding info to Steve Phillips so he can do a fucking hit on TSN? I I, I suspect not. 
So, well, according to the reporting of Steve Phillips, which you can take it for what it's worth, he was told the asking price for Ozuna was Bichette and Vlad Guerrero Jr. Obviously, that was not the price the Blue Jays were willing to pay, nor was any other team in baseball, as the Cardinals, who were determined to to improve their outfield, also had uh, the Stephen Piscotty trade kind of on deck, which they are doing for baseball reasons, but also for he had requested to be closer to his family, which is uh, his mother's ailing there in the Bay Area. So, you know, nice enough for the Cardinals to kind of do him a solid, although he had signed a big extension in the offseason, so they probably weren't too sad to see that part of the thing go. Anyway, Cardinals, more of a motivated seller, gave up two, uh, you know, three prospects, I think, one of which, you know, kind of hard-throwing guy with junky off-speed stuff, and uh, I think his name is Magnerius. Sierra, who got a who jumped from low from a ball to the big leagues this year and made a little bit of a splash, but also doesn't seem like he could maybe can't hit. I feel I would have point I, is I feel I would have known it more if it was Magnerius something, but okay, sure. Well, what's his name? I don't know. Alcantara. It was the it was the big was he the big name or there was I yeah. It the, is the Card- Magnerius. The Cardinals have so many prospects that it's it's really hard to keep track of them all. They just churn them out, right? They churn out these Paul DeJongs and these Zaledmi's Diaz's and all this kind of stuff. And uh, how do you. Magnarius. Magnarius. Or, or, sorry, Magnaries. Magnaries Sierra. Magnaries Sierra. Uh, congratulations to new Marlon Magnaries Sierra. But the point is, the, the yeah, price was not Yeah, Maybe one day he'll shit. play in the big leagues. <laughs> <laughs> well, you play well enough in Miami long enough, they got to get you out of there. So That's you true. have those opportunities. Point is, Ozuna didn't cost what they thought he was cost. I don't know that he's necessarily a fit for the Jays. He's not not a fit. He's a good player with a lot of power. He's a fit for everybody. But the one that's left, the big one, that they may or may not trade, they sound like they want to keep him, but it doesn't sound like he wants to stay, which is Christian Yelich, who, of course, signed a nice, you know, a good contract for him and that he had some guaranteed money. He was guaranteed a bunch of money. Probably could have earned more if he had waited, but... You know, that's this is not the way the game works anymore. Mm-hmm. He's not going to cost what Ozuna cost, one has to assume. It's right? going to be to, much but, more, yeah. But, yeah, probably. The, the question has now become, you know, if you're the Jays, is, is Christian Yelich a player that interests you, given the state of the 2018 team? The answer to that is, of course, if, yes, yes. There's no doubt. He's so young, Yelich, and so good that my perspective on it is he can help you be uh, with one last kick at the can in 2018, but he's also young enough and good enough that when it's a Vlad Guerrero-led team or whomever else, and you know, you're getting to the end of Strowman's time, uh, Yelich is still there and still good and still affordable. There's mm-hmm. no downside you know, from that perspective. The other downside is the cost. Mm-hmm. And Bo Bichette was a name that that, that we floated um, in our rostibatory ways and just sort of throwing names around. And now it seems like it's got some, not because of us, but it's got traction. That's the, the sort of where a lot of people are at. Yes, you know, Wilner's like, yeah, you you got to, that's a move you have to make if you have that opportunity to trade uh, Bichette for Yelich, which so. you do yeah. have to make. It. You do, yeah. It's not going to cost that. It might cost. What if it, people are wondering? Well, what if it's Anthony Alford and Bo Bichette, and then 
Well, the, I mean, the, the thing is, and the thing I wrote a bit, and I think uh, Josh Housem had kind of cribbed a bit from what he was tweeting about today, uh, was, you know, you look at the Adam Eaton trade, you look at, and maybe the circumstances are a little different, but uh, but Eaton, kind of a similar profile player, uh, similar team-friendly contract status, uh, and uh, and a guy who got three top 100 prospects, who got Lucas Giolito, who, you know, one of the one of the better pitching prospects in the game at the time, at the very least, and and, uh, mm. and was he the was, the, was the shine off a little bit at that point? Shine was off you a little, yeah. Okay, uh, but anyway, but still, he's still a top one hundred. But still, I mean, if you yeah, if you still start thinking about what the Blue Jays can offer that's comparable to that, uh, it's <laughs> you're talking about gutting the farm system. You're talking about taking away the best pieces that they have in a system that is rebounding and is doing nicely and has some really nice pieces in it now. You know, it's not, you know, unless you're Bob McCowan, you fucking understand that there's there's some good stuff going on there. It's starting to bubble up. Uh, it isn't there yet, but uh, but that would be a big blow to trade three pieces that are really significant. It would be a big blow to trade two pieces that are really significant, even though, you know, getting Christian Yelich would be obviously enormous for the Blue Jays. It would, and, and, and except, I'm always... Except at, well, it would, but is it is it worth it in the in the short term to even do that? I think it still is, right? I think we're all on the same page. We're on the we're on the Wilner page where because he's controlled for so long, it doesn't really matter if you give away one good prospect, two good prospects, uh to have mm-hmm. him for five years uh is very good. And then also you can still trade him and his affordable contract if that's a thing you want to do down the line at some point as well. Well, and think about the names that we that we started off this podcast talking about. We talked about Anthony Ghost. We talked about Travis Snyder. We talked about Brett Wallace. Of those of those kind of guys, Snyder was sort of uh, at a higher level in terms of a, a prospect because he wasn't a college player. He was he was young like a Bichette was. But there's no there's not there's no guarantees in this world, right? You don't know. It's all it's all it's not fool's gold, but it's all you're all selling promise and hope. You know, Kristen Yelich is a four-win player, like a consistent four-win big leaguer with a beautiful swing. He can play all three outfield positions. He uh, he can run the bases. He has some power um, that he tapped into more so in 2016 than 2017. But he's what you hope your prospect, you pray, and it's he's you know the 99th percentile in terms of mm-hmm. what your prospects could ever turn into. Basically. And then you've got him for, for a, not for a song, but for... For uh, a controllable amount, you know what it's going to cost you. I think it's I think it's seven million this year and fifteen mm-hmm. million in the fifth year if you pick up the option. So and ranging between those two in the in the meantime, very very affordable by today's standards. Insanely affordable. So for me, it's an uh, I would obviously put a Vlad Guerrero Jr. into his own category. And I'm uh, as close to saying that he's an untouchable prospect as, as I ever would. Um, but even as the Red Sox trade last year shows that there are no untouchable prospects, right? There were, mm-hmm. The Red Sox traded uh, Mankato because they got a, an eight-win Cy Young runner-up <laughs> yeah. who's been that forever, right? So, and, 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 I mean, Yelich is not on the level of Chris Sale. Chris Sale's a much better yeah. player on balance than Kristen Yelich, but... You know, but all, but also the Red Sox were at a point where those eight wins mean more to the you know the Blue Jays are grasping for let's please find eight wins just to make us relevant as opposed to mm-hmm. being the Red Sox last year and being okay these eight wins are going to make us take us from 
top of the wild card tier to we're going to make the playoffs and there's really little doubt about it. That's that's one hundred percent true. Now it did not work out for them. Sale did not end up pitching as well as they would have liked uh, in the playoffs. But uh, you can't, you know, you still make that trade. Oh, if you're oh the my god, he was incredible. Yeah, it was, it, was, it was literally everybody else. It was the problem. It wasn't Chris fucking Sale? Uh, it was John know, Farrell. The, it was John Farrell who was the the <laughs> deposed king of Boston. Uh, you talked about the galaxy brain earlier. Now you had you had your own galaxy brain take. Uh, I sometimes do uh, today. Which involved Josh Donaldson, who, of course, if you have, if you are the Blue Jays and you're looking to win in 2018, you got to think that team's going to end up with uh, Josh Donaldson. If you had Josh Donaldson and Kristen Yelich together, that's great. That's a nice. That's like eight, nine wins right there. Now that might not be a reality. So your galaxy brain take was trade Donaldson to land Yelich. Mm-hmm. Break it, break it down for me. Yeah. Well, for one, Yelich and Donaldson by the. Fangraphs projections, the steamer-based depth chart ones, I think that's like 10 and a half wins, actually, which is would be incredible. But look, the the front office, as much as they are adamant about the fact that they want to compete in 2018, which apparently they wouldn't be, or did uh, did fans had fans not existed, were, were there no fans anywhere, they wouldn't give a shit about it. But uh, <laughs> they really they want to they want to be competitive. And uh, and I, th- I and I understand that, and so that's why they've been really clear about not wanting to move Donaldson. Uh, one way to do that and still remain competitive would be to do what I wrote in the post. If it's at all possible, is to you know if you can get prospects for Donaldson and flip those prospects for a guy like Yelich, then you don't really lose that much, especially when you factor in. The, the fact that there's like $14 million difference in salary we're talking about. So if you get Yelich and you get Lorenzo Cain and the only prospects you lose from your system are, you know, not Bichette, not Guerrero, not Pearson, not Alfred, but whatever's coming back from St. Louis plus whatever secondary ones you need to give to, to get Yelich, which I think, I mean, this is, this is pipe dream shit, obviously, but, mm-hmm. uh, but were that a path that actually worked, you know, the the Jays would be as as good as as good as they're set up to be right now for 2018. But also would get that many more years of control of Yelich. I mean, the issue with Donaldson isn't that he's fucking great; it's that they only have one year left of him. If they can turn him into, if they can turn him into prospects, there is an argument for that. I mean, I I I, I on Twitter turn my nose up at it a bit because I don't want to sit through a shitty 2018 season. I don't think they'll be doomed if they end up, you know, getting less for Donaldson in July than they can now, or even necessarily if they let him walk uh, and have a nice run in the playoffs and maybe they can think about re-signing him or whatever, you know, they, they're, there's value there. There's a reason the White Sox want to look at Manny Machado, right? I mean, there's, mm-hmm. there's value to having the chance in the one year. Uh, but obviously having a bunch of extra years of control of a guy who, who maybe isn't on Donaldson's level, but is on Yelich's level, that, that would be a huge, that would, uh, that would be a win for them. I think that would be a way to sell moving Donaldson. That would be, uh, that would be the greatest thing that they could probably do. Right. I mean, as much as I would hate to see Donaldson leave, if they could turn him into an asset that is almost as good, cheaper allows them to do more on the free agent free agent market 
and is going to be around for five years as opposed to gone at the end of this one. Uh, it's a total no-brainer almost, really, which is probably why there's no way it's going to fucking happen. It is. It, it does seem like a long shot. It does seem like a long shot because there are, you know, there are so many moving pieces. Well, you know, AA that... would do it. Alex would do it. Hell he'd yeah, find, he would. He'd find a way. He's bold. Get like him that. in the mix. He's bold. Like Get that. him in that mix. Damn right. Get Alex Anthopoulos <laughs> in the mix. Get some of that brave stockpile. Sure, maybe uh, the Marlins want that. No, they're all pitchers. They don't want the Braves system is like full of pitching. I uh, think the Marlins no. could use pitchers. The Marlins want, and also they want a third baseman. Just they want a stopgap third baseman. Go for it, Braves. Alex, come on, let's go. You know, you know, you want to go for it. Um, interesting that uh, there was some suspicion that the Braves may pillage the Jays system the, during the Rule Five, but it didn't seem like it came um, to pass. But uh, but I, I mean. Uh, you have to be open to ideas like that. And, and if you are the Blue Jays and you want to compete and, 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 and not lay down in 2018, then maybe that's the kind of idea that you entertain. Uh, you know, there's also the element of like maybe Josh Donaldson is just, maybe Josh Donaldson is just the kind of player that you don't mess around with though, right? Maybe the, that's something that, that's been, I know you've written many times before that like get the, get a, get the extension done. Like these kind of players, players that are this good, you don't get that many chances to have them and to retain them, um, and and hopefully it's that sh- feels like it always could or should be a priority over, you know, arbitrage basically, right? Like, well, yeah. what can we? But uh, but at the end of the day, you got to run a business, right? And you see what the what the neighbors are doing, so to speak. You see that the Orioles are are considering reloading or or, or uh, moving moving Manny Machado because. You know, and then maybe that's a factor as well because that's if you're looking to trade, if they do, if they do that now, that's one less team or one less potential suitor for Donaldson Services. If uh, once Machado's out there, and then if the if the Orioles are going to do the same thing, if the Orioles are going to flip him and then have him be flipped back, if it's the White Sox as you mentioned, um, that starts to cut down on the options that you, of what you where Do- Josh Donaldson can land and and how you're going to make sure that you are paid appropriately for what it is that he offers. So it's, um, it is the galaxy brain take and it's something, definitely something worth uh, daydreaming about. Cause that's all it is. None of this is ever going to happen, unfortunately. Well, cause, cause Alex isn't running the team. Yeah, you're absolutely right. So no, no there's, they don't have the bold vision of a Canadian. That's what they really need. <laughs> <laughs> Which we've also like hand waved them signing a Lorenzo Kane in all this. Well, that that's just an understood no, I mean, I, in the piece, I, wrote, I didn't mention Kane at all in the piece, which I should have. But, uh, you know, they, they could take back Starlin Castro in a deal like that. They could take back Martin Prado. Both guys who could fit, who could maybe uh, lower the prospect cost for Miami. I, you know, this is obviously pipe-draining shit. But, you know what, I, I am not very receptive to the idea of a Josh Donaldson trade. Mm-hmm. But this is, this is the circumstance in which I am receptive to it, because this is... You know, Yelich is a Yelich is a player that that makes sense, and 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 all the ancillary benefits add up to making sense for it. Because yeah, the one one year is not is not enough. But I, but I I I, I what I reject, I guess, is the punting on 2018 right now, because at that point, you know, why'd you resign Estrada? Why like why you know you might as well yeah. tear down the whole fucking thing at this point and just be terrible. And it just seems so unnecessary because they're not, you know, they're not the Yankees at this point, especially they're not the Red Sox, but they're not that bad. They, they can have 
They can have a nice season in September. The, they can have, you know, contending baseball in September. They could seriously make a wild card game, make a little run. I'm not saying that they're going to be the greatest team that's ever fucking put on the goddamn uniform. But there's value in having that. There's value in having an exciting, interesting season. There's value in, you know, at least getting to the point, getting to the, the, the trade deadline and assessing where you are. And then thinking more about 2019 and 2020 as opposed to thinking now about 2020 and 2021 and 2022. You know, like, because if you trade all those guys now, what, like, if you start moving Donaldson and Estradas and Haps, what, why, why would you stop there? Like, why wouldn't you move mm. Smoke? Why wouldn't you move Osuna and Stroman? You know, you know the, the, the argument to, to, to punt on 2018 makes you change everything that you're thinking and makes it, you know, a much bigger project to get back to where you need to be because, you know, I, I, I appreciate that losing Donaldson and not getting anything back for him is going to be a problem. But, uh, you know, there is a lot. Like the, I, wrote, I wrote it a couple times this week. You know, the reason that the Cardinals will be willing to give up a bunch for him is because there is a lot of value in having a chance to be competitive even if it's just for the one year, even if it's a guy who's just going to be that one here for that one year. And, you know, I don't know if, if this was a total vacuum and, and nothing else mattered except eventually being able to put the best team on the field for the longest amount of time. If this was a video game, then maybe that would make no fucking sense at all. But God, I, I don't understand the people who are dying to have two years, three years of completely fucking irrelevant baseball when there's pieces here, there's payroll here, there's, there's got to be better, better paths to make this better than what it is while still under the hood, continuing to create a situation where you're going to have guys starting to bubble up and starting to really, really help. I mean, you look at what Cleveland is doing. You look at, you know, I, I just think about how I thought about Cleveland uh, for, you know, all, like all the time, every year, you know, like, like until it's, it, it became too uh too obvious to deny that they're you know an elite team because there's there's just it's it's not a collection it's not the yankees you know the way that the, that cleveland has been put together isn't judge and stanton and, and tanaka and all the you know it's not all these guys there's it's a it, it's it's a more balanced roster it's it's a model that i think is is interesting and especially so because you know the people running the blue jays are the people who ran that team for a long time or had a lot to do with it um, yeah, I don't know. I think that, I think that they can get there from here while still competing. I know a lot of people don't think that, uh, but you know, they're wrong yet <laughs> to continue this fucking monologue. Uh, if you could do a thing with Donaldson and continue to compete in 2018, I think that's, I think that's a very smart move. It's not like all the other teams are, are going to sit back and wait. Right. It's not, you know, if, if the, well, the Jays can just sell everything off and then reload for 2019, but like everyone else is going to be doing that. And as we already mentioned, the, the Yankees are crazy young. The Yankees are a crazy young team. The Red Sox um, have just so many resources. They're always going to get better. The Rays look like they might be doing a similar thing, right? The, if the Orioles are going to do a similar thing. Uh, it's not, it's never going to be easy, right? It's not, it's not like in two or three years, there's any guarantees, right? You've got no. a couple of nice players coming up right now, but 
again, what are the chances of any of those players ever become as good as Josh Donaldson? The chances of that are really slim, right? But also the other, the chances of, you know, Josh Donaldson becoming Josh Donaldson were slim. It wasn't like he was the number one prospect in baseball all along. It's like he just sort of, he fell into the lap of the A's and then he fell sort of into the lap of the, of the astute <laughs> Blue Jays. But yes. uh, it's, uh, you know, the, there are lots of names. Again, we could go through and sort of like, talk about the rumors there's carlos gomez and carlos gonzalez and jay bruce and um uh jay josh harrison which i think is a really interesting rumor uh, his name i'm scrolling back through blue jays nation and i i that had slipped my mind uh I, there's a lot to like for me with josh with josh harrison but again these are guys that you know, he he's a guy you know maybe a little bit older that uh, that could maybe help help this team but also in 2018 but again if if 2019 is a bit of a dip down he can help to keep that floor high right as opposed to just being like well, the jays are going to be bad all the time for for a few years but uh i don't know it's just like uh it's it it's it's unfortunate that that more of these pieces haven't haven't fallen into place mm-hmm. because we're you and i and and all and fans like us are waiting, and there are those who are impatient, and all they want to do is see the team decide to go one way or another, so they can sort of gauge or kind of preset their expectations and how much they're going to care this year. Where if the Jays commit to being bad, then they will commit to not watching as much. Or if the Jays commit to being good, then it's like okay, let's maybe spend some money. I'm not. I mean, there are lots of different things that factor into these kind of. Um, decisions, especially this time of year when it's idle, right? Everything is really idle. So it'll be, I think the the next couple moves that, that, that are made and as the pieces start to fall in, in place around the league and, and, and it's begun slowly but surely. Joe, Joe Smith signs with the Astros, you know, Brandon uh, Kinsler signs, resigns with the Nationals. Um, you know, the relievers are sort of coming off the board, which I don't know. The, Brandon Morrow, bless him, got two years and an option from the Cubs. So that's one off the Jays' uh, shopping list. <laughs> but, uh, but uh, it, it'll be again. They're they're the, the big pieces, the biggest pieces, the ones that were thought to be the holdup for the for the off season are um, are gone. But there's still lots and lots to to come. And the JD Martinez and Eric Hosmer, who looks maybe like he's going to start with the Padres. What a disaster what? that would be! Yeah, because apparently they don't remember what Bill Myers in the outfield looked like, but, or they don't remember what. Eric Hosmer at the plate looks like. like this. <laughs> yeah, there are some that. insane things that people are willing. Uh, Eric Hosmer, man, he is just like it's like he's mother of pearl. Like you see what you want to see when you look at him, and it depends on the light. Because somebody, one, there was some quote, some GM or some front office guy was like, "Oh yeah, if you're giving me three, if I had to pick three players to start a franchise, he's going to be one of them." It's like Eric Hosmer. <laughs> Fuck. Did you see? Um, did you see? I think uh, Paul Swiden t- retweeted a, a piece that I want to say Eno did. A it was years Eno, ago. yeah, yeah. Who, mm-hmm. Where he was just talking about, be, like talking to and his early experiences, which I imagine you can, you know you you were in a very similar situation with the score when it was like oh we'll, we'll just go into the into the locker room and talk to guys and you. The uh, what was what was the segment that you did, which was which was fantastic when, when you would get guys. To we talk did about their, we my did geek approach. And, my oh, we did, I did my I approach, which was like a written thing, and we did the geeking out where we would just go and like talk to people about stuff. That was like geeking out. I we I interviewed Chris Sale and Manny Machado in like 2013. 
So that's uh, going back a few so years even, now, I mean, 2012, 2013. But uh, I was he, never, and he, I, he, I was just saying, I was never there, but just like vicariously through you, I kind of understood how Eno must have felt in that situation where he's just getting fucking shit on by by Hosmer uh, in the in the Royals clubhouse, and and uh, I, you know that's. But the, the, Eric Hosmer doesn't have to like stats, but also fuck Eric Hosmer. He seems like a fucking idiot. And uh, also, I apologize. <laughs> I'm gonna uh, I'm gonna continue to hijack this. I, but I would love, 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 love for the David Price signing in Boston to have uh, had deep ramifications on other free agents thinking about whether they should sign in Boston. <laughs> that's a good point uh it is worth noting uh in to to pivot off of what so if you haven't read you know Saris wrote for the hardball times a few years ago about um kind of making a bit of a, a couple honest mistakes in the royals clubhouse you know working in the visitors clubhouse is much different than working in the home clubhouse you know especially um when you're a, if the if you're writers reporters whoever what the, the big time make connections is during spring training so if you are when you're down there the vibe is is way more chill guys are kind of a little, little bit more in and out and then the play the players see you during spring training and then when you go and it's april and may and they see you in the clubhouse they kind of recognize that you are there and you're around and you are more likely to be accountable whatever uh, but the visitors clubhouse you don't have that so when you show up it's just kind of like who is this guy the players are usually a bit more relaxed on the road because they don't have as much press to do unless you're the yankees or the red sox but uh uh, it can be a little strange. So Eno made a couple of mistakes. I uh, said a couple of things, and then uh, Eric Hosmer went off on him and was like calling him a goof and making fun of his hair and asking him about like talk about oh, we're, put, we're putting fuck barrels on balls, buddy. That's what we're doing. Walk rates and all this kind of stuff. Eno, of course, writes for Fangraphs. Uh, so it's it's interesting. And and so, as you said, Swindon was like, I don't want to I don't want to cheer for him. Uh, and my my relation to that was that. Uh, the only player in all the time I spent in the in the clubhouse that ever called me the enemy was Eric Hosmer. What? Uh, yeah. <laughs> yes. So if, if if you don't know, uh, that used to be a, a term that the players used for the press. They would call them the enemy, like all the enemies here. And I was in the Royals clubhouse. I don't know what I was doing. Probably talking to Andy McCullough, not doing really much anything else. Uh, and... And Eric Hosmer kind of looked at me and was like, oh, it's the enemy. And I kind of smirked at him, and he was kind of smirking. I didn't really think much of it. But then to hear that, that when you hear Eno's story, it's like, oh, he, he's in fact an asshole. So, uh, <laughs> so there you go. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, I don't know. The Padres are shitty, and Eric Hosmer's not making anybody any better. So I don't know what, what, what that is all about. But um, I think we're kind of at the end. Again, we could, we could sit here and, and, and parse some of the rumors and parse the – yeah, you know, as I said, I like Josh Harrison, and I think that could be fun. We could talk about the the sale, like, oh, we don't know, or you know, there you wrote, you kind of recap some stuff that Shapiro says, and 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 some stuff on um, the the naming rights. So if you want to get that kind of stuff, you can head over to BlueJaysNation.com and get it there. Um, but I think that that's going to be it for this one. What we'll do, you and I, on Super Bad, if you are a Patreon list uh, subscriber, Patreon contributor, you can. Make sure you head to our site or, or head to patreon.com slash birds all day. You can get the link uh, for the for the RSS that'll get you those special episodes. We're going to talk about the AL wild, wild card race and where the Jays fit into it, given some of the moves. So we've talked about the Yankees a little bit. The one team we haven't talked about at all, and we'll probably end up talking a bunch about, is the Angels. So look for that on Superbad. Uh, 
Anything else you got to add? I think we're going to wrap it up here. Does that make sense to you? No, I just I just want you to tell clubhouse stories pretty much every episode now. That's that's the only thing I care about. The other thing the Royals had, I will say, is the Royals had this enormous rolling case full of supplements. Like powders and, and all this kind of like protein shit. Like huge. This is why, massive. This, this is why we've they've abdicated their 2015 World Series championship, I believe. Yeah, there, there you go. <laughs> God only knows what was in that tickle trunk of disease. Uh, okay, so that's it. Uh, 